Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday's Sports on the Sports History Network. Today I am joined by my friend and fellow football historian, Dave DePaulo. And since it is playoff time in the NFL, we're going to discuss two um, playoff games from long past, one from 1971 and the other from 1972. So we will begin with um, what I think was perhaps the best football game, may have been the best football game I've ever seen in my life. And that would be the 1971 AFC Divisional Playoff Game which was between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins. To this day, it is still the longest NFL game ever played. The game was played on Christmas Day, first time in NFL history that they had NFL football games on Christmas Day. Uh, The earlier game, as you'll recall, Dave, was the Cowboys versus the Vikings was the one o'clock game, and I uh, was not too thrilled that they were having the game on Christmas because our family uh, did a lot of visiting on Christmas, a lot of driving around, visiting grandparents and relatives and friends. So I didn't get to see a lot of that Cowboys and Vikings game. I saw some of it, but I didn't get to see the whole game, and uh, I was a little uh, upset about that as a nine-year-old kid that I was really looking forward to seeing that game, and uh, they had it on Christmas. But then the second game, the one we're going to discuss, uh, we were... We were done with Christmas dinner and most of the visiting. We had uh, we went to our neighbors across the street who live right across the street from us. We went to our neighbors uh, to visit them for Christmas. But the father of that house, he was a big football fan, so he made sure that that game was on. And we watched that game in his den, uh, the Chiefs and the Dolphins. And I was. I remember very, being very torn about um, who to root for because uh, the Chiefs were actually my favorite AFC team. I liked a lot of the players on that team. Uh, so they were my favorite AFC team. So I was kind of rooting for them. But um, on the other hand, out of the four AFC teams that were in the playoffs, the one team that I was – worried about if the Cowboys had made it to the Super Bowl, which they did. The one team I really didn't want them to play was the Chiefs because I thought the Chiefs might be able to beat Dallas. So um, 
They had a great team, the Chiefs, Mark. They were they were ahead of their time, kind of a they, little. They had yeah. they, they had a great have. defense, terrific, uh, defense. star filled with star players. You know, that's right. And the uh, the TV broadcast for this game wasn't saved, like a lot of games <laughs> at that time. You know, if you go on, if you go on YouTube which you and I often do to, to try to watch an old an old game. It's very hard to get games from the 1960s. It's hard to get a complete game. And the early 70s, it's still difficult. You can find some, but there aren't a lot. They really, uh, the, the uh, networks didn't really save these games. They taped over them. And I remember hearing someone that used to work for one of the networks saying, you know, we just never thought. They asked him, why wouldn't you save these games? And he said, we never thought 40 or 50 years from now that people were going to be interested in watching these games. So we just taped over them. Well, also, he said, you know, the film was expensive, so they didn't want to have to go out and buy, keep buying. So they would just tape over the game. But uh, they do have that. Um, kind of like a documentary that you were mentioning before we started a recording. They had that documentary, which you can find on YouTube, where they talk to a lot of the, the players who played in that game. And it's a very, very <clears throat> documentary. Yeah. Funny, you know, funny, Mark, you mentioned this, watching the game in the guy's den. You know, you were visiting. I, I, that earlier Cowboy game... Uh, I went over to my friend's house, and his his father was not into sports at all. He was a used car salesman. Right. Uh, he was he was a businessman. He he was he buying a lot of commercial real estate at that time. We were kids, but I, you know I knew that they kind of had money, a lot more money than we had. But uh, so we went downstairs, and nobody was watching TV. We put it on, and uh, you know we had our we had our whole thing uninterrupted. I I who. Right. I can't forget, remember the final, what was the final score of that Cowboy game? You remember it. 20 to 12. 20 to 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, who was Lee? The, who was quarterback in the Vikings? Uh, it was Bob well, Lee, I believe. It was Lee, yeah. Stolbeck, uh, the field was kind of muddy uh, uh, that day, I remember. Uh, but it wasn't bitterly cold, really. No. no. I, don't, I don't think. No. But uh, <laughs> and I watched that Chiefs game, too. You know, afterwards, uh, like you said, still the longest game. What is it, three hours and how many minutes or something? Uh, let's see. I have it written down here somewhere. 82. Uh, I think it was about 82 and a half minutes. Yeah. I uh, went into the fifth. They were about halfway into the fifth quarter uh, before the game finally ended. And that game was played. That was the last game played at Municipal Stadium. Yes, for the Chiefs. The Chiefs. And the Kansas City Royals also played at that stadium. Yeah. Think of all the – think. The Colts had a Municipal Stadium. The that's Browns right. had a Municipal Stadium. They had the same name, right? Yeah. That's right. They just called it the Municipal Stadium. And they had a guy – What was I know. About that. <laughs> that guy, they called him War Paint. Yeah. They the guy War Paint. Now, this was before political correctness. <laughs> so this guy would dress up as a chief, an Indian chief. Yeah. And he would ride around on this white. Every time the chief scored, 
He rode around on this white horse. He, yeah. he could ride around the stadium. And he looked great, too. He was, I, there's a clip of him. You could see it on that thing. Yeah. And he looked, he'd probably get arrested today, but oh, he was, yeah. he was tremendous, the guy. Yeah. He was part of the entertainment. Every time the Chiefs scored, he'd get on that white horse and ride around the stadium and the, the fans would all cheer for him. Yeah, no, it was, look, uh, think about this. This is even more staggering. I was thinking about that. They built, they started playing an arrowhead the following year. Right. They're still playing an arrowhead. It's unheard of. Wow. In today's society where they want to keep building stadiums so they can keep yeah. hosing everybody, uh, you know, we're going to give you the best of this and the best of that. Well, it's, it's the ticket price, you know, cost more than uh, buying a house. Right. They, they uh, still are playing. They just played the other night there. It's unbelievable. Wow. That's and I went to that. I, I was there. I went to I went to uh, Arrowhead once. Yeah. And it's on the top of this big hill, and it's just the stadium, the yeah. parking lot, and the Royal State. Like when people see the view of it, you could see all these lights in the background, but that's down below. Right. Like, there's nothing in that parking lot area. There's no restaurants. And let I mean, I was there maybe five, four or five years ago. Unless they've done it since then, two stadiums and a massive parking lot. That's it. Wow. That's impressive. You know, Arrowhead, you, you 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 don't realize, you know, you don't realize really what these places look like until you actually go and see them in person. I, I, think, I, I think I've been to almost every professional stadium. I mean, there's three or four that I haven't, but it's just, uh, you, you have like a visual of it before you get there. Yeah. And then when you see it, it's like, this is nothing like I thought, or, oh yeah, I kind of thought it was like this, but yeah. that was nothing like I thought it was going to be. Wow, that's amazing that it's still, still, uh, they still play there. So before we get into the the game itself, uh, I'll just uh, go over a little bit of the history. This is only the Miami Dolphins' sixth season. I don't, I don't know. A lot of people might not realize that this is only their sixth season in the league, and uh, the year prior, which was only their fifth season in the league, they went to the playoffs. That was unheard of for an expansion team to have that kind of success so so early. Um, their first, first four years, they were lousy, like most expansion teams. But then Don Shula came over from the Colts to become the Dolphins' head coach, and uh, you got to give him credit. He immediately, his first season there, they were in the playoffs. They had a lot of great players too. I mean, we trusted that the Chiefs had some great players, but they were they weren't they weren't well known. A lot of these guys for the Dolphins, they really weren't. They were. I mean, they had Paul, Paul Warfield was a great receiver. He's made his name with the Browns, but a lot of these other guys that they had, like some other you know Manditch and, and Twilly, uh, uh, some of these other guys, that they they were not well known. Even the defense eventually became the no name defense. Actually, right? That's right. <laughs> And the Chiefs, on the other hand, were probably the most successful AFL team. Uh, they won three AFL championships, and uh, that that was the most. Uh, the ten year existence of the AFL, the Chiefs won the most AFL championships. Uh, their first one, of course, they were still the Dallas Texans. That was in nineteen sixty two. They won their championship. Then they won. Again, AFL championship, 1966, went to the Super Bowl, lost to the Packers. Then they won the AFL championship again, 1969, 
and then beat the Vikings in Super Bowl four. So the Chiefs had uh, obviously had quite a bit of success. And that 1971 Chiefs team had 11 Pro Bowlers on it. That's and, unbelievable. Yeah, that's a lot. That's That showed you how many great players they had. I mean, it was they, – they, they had a tremendous defense. Hank Stram was very good offensively, too. He was – he was a very good coach. He was ahead of his time. Tremendous coach. Outstanding coach. Now, uh, the interesting thing, too, about that game was it was an unusually warm day. 40, 49 degrees, I think they said it was. Yeah, there's uh, um, quite a few different. Uh, they said uh, it was 60 in that documentary. <laughs> I don't think it was maybe earlier in the day. They said sixty-three degrees, but maybe. I I I checked. Yeah, I checked it out on Pro Football Reference. It was very right. good, but and I think they said game time. You know, it gives the type of field that they played on grass or whatever. Yes. I think it said forty-nine degrees. I thought. Well, regardless, it was warm. It was uh, unusually warm for that time of year. Yeah, um, and the first. So we'll get into the game. The first possession. Uh, Kansas City gets into field goal range and uh, takes a three to zero lead, and they mostly uh, said in the documentary that most of the uh, the plays they ran on that drive were running plays. They were having success running the ball against the Dolphins. Uh, that first possession, they didn't do a whole lot of passing. They mostly ran the ball, got into field goal range, and took a three to zero lead. And you can't even find since there's no uh, there's no coverage. I mean, there's no uh, complete game. You know, sometimes you can go on Pro Football Reference, who you just mentioned. Uh, you can find play by play. You can find the play by play, but I couldn't even find that. Then uh, the Chiefs got another touchdown. So in the first quarter, the Chiefs are up ten to zero. And they're really uh, pretty much dominated the first quarter. It looked like uh, it might be a rout. The Chiefs uh, pretty much were dominating. And Miami, who was known for their running game, was not having success running the ball. They were not having success running the ball. And uh, Bob Greasy, the Dolphins quarterback, uh, had an injury to his shoulder. It was not his throwing shoulder. It was non-throwing shoulder. But he said in that documentary that it was still bothering him a lot. And and you could see that in the, uh, I mean, NFL films did have some coverage of the game. And you could see in some of the, uh, the highlight clips that they show that every time he got hit, you could see he was in pain. So yeah. it did not look good for the Dolphins at all in the beginning. They couldn't run the ball, and they weren't sure how good uh, Greasy was going to be able to play because he was injured. But Yeah, the, the, the running game picked up a little, Mark. Well, don't forget, they played five quarters, well, four and a half. I'm sorry. Uh, they went into the, the – yeah, more, almost six. Yeah, almost. So, but I think between Zonka and Kick, 
they had about 140 some odd yards between the two of them. Right. Which I mean, like I said, though, that's an extra quarter and a half. <clears throat> right. You know, they. I think they scored. I think they scored one TD each. Mark, I'm not sure, but right. um, yeah, I think you're right. But, but you know, people, you. people. I'm sorry, people wouldn't know though. Like you mentioned, they started out running the ball, the Chiefs. Right. And that was, you know, what that was common back then. You didn't have all this passing. If if a guy passed for over 200 yards, that was pretty good. No, it was actually yeah. very, very good. Not today. If he doesn't pass for 300, it's complete garbage. But <laughs> over 200 was good back then. That's right. But the Dolphins did have a weapon. <clears throat> you mentioned them. Uh, that was Paul, Paul Warfield, who came over from the Cleveland Browns. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, the Dolphins finally had a good possession where uh, – Greasy was hitting Warfield a lot on that possession, and they got a touchdown and made the score ten to seven. So they're back in the game now, ten to seven. And now, <clears throat> here's a really, really interesting part that I didn't know anything about until I uh, watched this documentary. That was the. That was the. Uh, Field goal that was supposed to be a fake field goal. <laughs> I found this really, really interesting because I'd never heard of this before. And it goes to show you how many things can happen in a football game that you, you wouldn't know anything about. Uh, today you would probably know about it because, you know, 24-hour coverage and players are being interviewed all the time. But back then, you know, you didn't have all that. So <clears throat> this was really interesting. Um, Hank Strams uh, talked to the kicker Jan Stenerud and said, "Listen, uh, we're gonna we're gonna run a fake here." Uh, Bobby Bell was the long slap snapper, uh, the yep. linebacker. Bobby Bell, he, yep. was, he was the snapper. Now he, uh, Hank Stram told Jan Stenerud, "Don't look, don't look at, but you know, just pretend like." You're going to kick a field goal. Don't look at Bobby Bell. Otherwise, you're going to give it away. Uh, so that's what Stenero did. But <laughs> I don't know what happened. You know, they didn't really go into detail. Uh, Bobby Bell may have not gotten that same message because he noticed that uh, Stenero was not looking at him. He I'm going to send you... I'm going to send you a clip, Mark, where he talks about it, you know. Bobby yeah. Bell talks about this. Yes. And he, he says he wasn't looking at me. Yeah, That's he what wasn't you're looking at me. And he got worried that if he's not looking at me and I snapped the ball to him, he's just, the ball's going to go right past him. So he snapped the ball to uh, Len Dawson, Old. who was the older. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> so now Jan Stenerud's not prepared he, he thinks the ball's coming to him. All of a sudden, the ball snapped to Dawson, and Dawson turns around. He's looking at Stenerud. Stenerud's looking at him, and they're like, oh, what do we do now? So Dawson said, well, kick it. We don't have much choice. Now you got to kick it. Yeah. Because he wasn't prepared to kick it, he missed, he missed the field goal. Yeah, that wasn't his only miss, was it? Oh, no, he had a bad game, and we'll get into that. But uh, 
Yeah, it was supposed to, the ball was supposed to be snapped to Stenerud, and then uh, there was supposed to be uh, two pulling guards. They were going to run a sweep. Uh, two pulling mm. guards were going to come out, and uh, all Stenerud had to do was follow the two pulling guards. Uh, <laughs> and it got all screwed up. And uh, Len Dawson asked Bobby Bell, why didn't you snap it to Stenerud like you were supposed to? And he said, because he wasn't looking at me, and I was I was worried that you know he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna be ready to to take the ball. So you have to wonder, you know, what would have happened if if uh, they had that's right, that and they could have possibly taken a seventeen to seven lead, but it didn't happen. The, the play got all screwed up. Even thirteen to seven with the field goal, he made it. Yeah. You know, but you know, you got to I got to give uh, Stenerud a lot of credit because he he never tried to blame anyone else. He didn't try to blame Bobby Bell. He said it's still. He said I still should have been able to make the field goal, even though I wasn't even though I wasn't prepared, because I thought it was going to be a fake. He said I still should have been able to make it. So now, um, we get to the end of the half. We're near the end of uh, the second quarter, and Kansas City's just trying to run the clock out. And this was uh, a key play in the game, too, because Ed Podolak uh, fumbled the ball. He got hit by uh, an unknown an unknown player from the Dolphins. It was defensive end Frank Cornish, his name was. He put a good hit on Ed Podolak and... Uh, caused him to fumble the ball when all they were trying to do was run out the clock. So now <clears throat> Miami has their in field goal uh, range and they tie up the game 10 to 10. And that was a huge momentum swing. Uh, Nick Bonacani talked about that. And the good thing about that documentary is it was in 2011 and most of these guys were still alive at the time. So, yep. Yeah. Ed Podolak, well, since you mentioned him, he had a huge game that day, kind of a relatively unknown guy. Unbelievable. I mean, he wasn't, you know, he was good, but he was not. No super. He never, he never before or since ever had an effort like this. This was unbelievable. He was returning kicks on top of it all, by the way. Yeah. People don't even know. It was the starting running back, and he returned three kicks. Oh. For 154 yards, I think, or some crazy amount like that, yes. He still holds the record for uh, all-purpose yards. He had 350 all-purpose yards in that game. Yeah, imagine that. He was just an average player. He was not a pro bowler or anything like that. So Yeah, uh, he, <laughs> he had eight receptions, I think, Mark, out of the backfield, you know, in addition to the rushing yardage, but... It was they used to call it the Ed Podolak game. That's right. It's often it's often known as the Ed Podolak game. <clears throat> so that's the end of the half. Now it's ten ten, and uh, so Kansas City gets the uh, opening kickoff. I think in the third quarter, they have a tremendous uh, drive, used up almost ten minutes of the clock. And uh, 
15 plays. They went 75 yards. Touchdown, 17 to 10. Tremendous drive by the Chiefs. So that kind of took the momentum that the Dolphins did have when they tied it up. Now this is what makes makes uh, great games like this. The momentum just keeps swinging back and forth, back and forth. Now Miami gets the ball, and uh, Bob Greasy did a did a, a masterful job on this drive because. Because of his injury, he wasn't really, even though it wasn't his throwing arm, he was he was hurt. You could see it. He was in pain. So he wasn't really able to throw long passes, and he did a masterful job on this drive of uh, throwing short passes. <clears throat> and uh, the Dolphins got a touchdown. Now it's 17-17. Now... <laughs> We go into the uh, fourth quarter, and the Dolphins were deep into uh, Kansas City territory, and this could have been their. They could have taken their first lead of the game. They were. They looked like they were driving for a touchdown, but uh, Greasy threw an interception. Uh, Jim Lynch. The uh, one of the outside linebackers for the Chiefs intercepted uh, Bob Greasy pass. Now there was a linebacking uh, core for you, right? You got Willie Lanier in the middle, yeah. Bobby Bell, and uh, tremendous <laughs> Jim Lynch. You know, two of them are. I don't think about the two of those three are in the Hall of Fame. That's right. Two of them are in the Hall of Fame. And Jim Lynch was no slouch either. No. And, you know, people talk about the uh, some of the great linebacking uh, crews. Like, uh, you know, they'll talk about the, the Steelers. They had Lambert and Jack Cam and Andy Russell. But I think yep. this, was, uh, uh, this linebacking crew the uh, Chiefs had was every bit as good as that. Yeah. And great defensive linemen, and great defensive linemen in front of those linebackers they had. You know, uh, they had a great line. Yeah, Buck Buchanan, he's in the Hall of Fame. Yep. Curly, Curly Cole, he was still there, right? He's in the Hall of Fame. Yep. Now, Kansas City gets the ball, and they have another tremendous drive. Ninety-one yards they drove. <clears throat> and the big play in that the big play in that drive was a 63 yard 63 yard pass reception from Dawson to Elmo Wright. Yeah, that was a huge uh, a huge play right there, 63 yards. Yeah, so <clears throat> they uh, he, he might have been the first. He was one of the first guys to do a little dance in the end zone, Elmo Wright, you know. That's right. That was he used very to, uncommon. He used, yeah, he used to lift up his, you know, he'd hold the ball up and lift up his legs. And I think he might have been the first guy actually to do that, I think. He probably was. And that was he had three cool. catches. He had three catches for 104 yards that game, by the way. He had a huge game. He had a huge game, yeah. 
So now what? It's 24 to 17. And the Dolphins tie the game with a 71-yard drive. <laughs> and now we're back to a tie game. The momentum just keeps going back and forth. 24-24. Now there's only a minute and 25 left on the clock. And the Dolphins kick the ball off. And who gets the ball? Ed Polak. <laughs> he goes 78 yards on the kickoff return. 78-yard kickoff return, puts them into field goal range, 32 seconds left on the clock, 31-yard uh, field goal. Jan Stenerud, the best kicker in the game, miss, he missed the field goal. Missed the field goal. Imagine that. 49 out of 50 times he makes that field goal. He's the first kicker in the Hall of Fame, I think, ever, right? Right. First kicker in the Hall of Fame. He was a ski jumper, I think. He was a, he ski, was a ski. skier from Norway. He was something to do with skiing. He was a ski jumper, yeah. I don't think he really even knew a heck of a lot about football. I don't think he really no. knew football. Um, and... Uh, he said he still can't, to this day, he still has no idea how he missed that field goal. Imagine that. Yeah. Um, so now, the, the, here's another really interesting part that I didn't know about. <clears throat> uh, after that missed field goal, now there's still time, there's still some time on the clock. There's still probably about 30 seconds left. So now... <clears throat> The Dolphins take over. Now, at that time, the rule was uh, on a missed field goal, you got the ball at the 20, right? Yeah. That was the rule or, at the time. Yeah. Or you could, run, you could run them out. You know, if they were long, they'd put a guy down there to catch it. Right. If a guy missed, it was short. You know, but back then, people don't remember, they weren't booming these 55 and 60 yards. Back then, a, a, a 48 or 49, that was huge. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> That's right. So now the Dolphins have the ball with about 30 seconds left. And I would really like to know, they didn't really say too much about it. Like what happened in that 30 seconds? I imagine, the only thing I could imagine is that the Chiefs still had all their timeouts left. I imagine <laughs> the Dolphins were just trying to run out the clock and go into overtime because I don't think Don Shula is going to take a risk of trying to pass there deep into their own territory. I, I don't think he's trying to pass the ball. Yeah. So I'm guessing that they probably just trying to run out the clock, but the Chiefs must have had all their timeouts left because the Dolphins, uh, had, Dolphins ended up punting. And I was trying to figure out because they really didn't talk about too much, you know, what exactly happened in those 30 seconds. So. I, I suppose you just have to guess uh, that the yeah. Chiefs must have had all their timeouts because the Dolphins had a punt. And they did get, uh, NFL Films did get footage of that punt. It didn't really look like uh, the Chiefs tried to block it, which is kind of surprising. There was only like five seconds left. Do you think the Chiefs would have tried to block that punt? Yeah, you don't know. You know, Mark's, Maybe especially like you, 
there's not much like you're saying. <clears throat> Other than these interviews, what else do you have to go on? You know, you get some guys will talk about it and they're going to talk about the big, but they won't talk about the small nuances of the game sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. You don't really hear about it. <clears throat> now the Chiefs get the ball and maybe they did try to block it, but the Dolphins did a good job of, uh, of keeping them out of there, you know. So um, the Chiefs get the ball with five seconds left. And you watch the documentary, so, you know, they they show on the sidelines, they actually show the conversation on the sidelines. Hank Stram considered putting Jan Stenerud in to try a 68-yard field goal. <laughs> 68 yards. <laughs> Right. And you could, they show them having the discussion on the sidelines. Right. And this is, I mean, I, go ahead. People, no, people don't get it. I mean, they, yeah. they think that, you know, today it's actually, listen, they claim that the kicker for the Cowboys could possibly hit from 70. They're claiming this, this guy they got this year who only missed, I think, one field goal all, all year. Um, he missed an extra point or a couple, but the field goals, he was, he was not as, he was, uh, hundred percent over fifty this year. Hundred percent, he kicked a sixty yarder, and with plenty of room, they said it would have went from seventy yards. But back then, it was unheard of. We just said forty at sort seven, forty eight. Those were big. Yeah. Guy's going to try a sixty eight yarder. Yeah, but uh, Stram uh, uh, reconsidered and said, "No, forget it. We're not going to. We're not going to try that. We'll just uh, go into overtime." Uh, now, now here's a here's another interesting part. <clears throat> Miami kicks off to start the fifth quarter. Miami kicks off, and they're trying to keep the ball away from Ed Polak. So Gary Premium, the Dolphins kicker, kicks a line drive, and it goes to Buck Buchanan, defensive lineman Buck Buchanan. Yep, and. Uh, he did an outstanding job. I got to give Buck Buchanan credit because usually when a kick goes to a lineman like that, they kind of panic and just they they don't know what to do, right? Yeah. But he was very calm. He just uh, very calmly turned around. He caught the ball, very calmly turned around, and lateraled it to uh, Ed Polak. So their plan didn't work. Uh, Ed Polak still wound up with the ball. And he had another great return. He took the ball yep. to the 46-yard line. Another great yep. return. You know what's amazing, Mark? Not just the Chiefs, but a lot of teams. But they, they had these star players on these kickoff and punt teams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, it's a, Think about it. Buck Buchanan, he's on the kickoff receiving team. It's unbelievable. That's right. But the rosters were a lot smaller, right? They probably only had like a 40-man roster. Yeah, you know, to compare it to today, what is it, 53, I think? And that's what it was. And they had, you know, even the Cowboys did it through the seven. Look at Randy White was on the field goal team. Punt. In that kickoff, he handled in the Super Bowl. He, he had the broken thumb. But, yes, that was – people don't realize that. That was a big thing. The guys that watch it, my buddies say it. They say to me, what's this guy doing out here? That's the way it was back then. Yeah, you didn't have as many players on the roster. So <laughs> they kind of had to be out there. Yeah. So now <clears throat> Kansas City has the ball at the 46. They get into field goal range, a 42-yard field goal attempt. 
And this time, uh, it's blocked. Miami blocks the kick. Yeah. That's tremendous. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now Miami gets the ball. They try a 52-yard attempt, which fell way, way short, way short. And like you said, the kickers today, much stronger legs. They, that's not really uncommon for a kicker today to kick a 52-yard field goal. No. But back then, that was really long field goals. So they missed the field goal. Now the defenses start to play better. The two teams exchange punts. And now Miami has the ball. And finally, uh, Larry Zonka breaks off a big run. And they had done a really good job of containing Zonka, who was their top back, of course. The Chiefs had really done a good job of containing him all game. But he finally broke off a big run, a 29-yard run. And that put Miami back into field goal range. Uh, 37-yard field goal, and you premium made it. <coughs> Dolphins win the game 27-24. What a game. And- Willie, Willie Lanier, he talks. I don't know if you, there was an interview with him. Uh, I'll send it to you. I found it. Says it was the greatest game he ever played. He himself personally right. said it was the best game he ever played himself. Yeah. And not that he was involved in that. He actually is his critiquing his own performance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what he said. He said it was the best game I ever played, uh, which is saying a lot for him. He was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, here's a funny part. <clears throat> this is another example of how different things were back then. The Dolphins get back to the airport in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> and Shula has to hitchhike a ride. His car wouldn't start. <laughs> His car That's wouldn't nice. start. And he said all the other, everyone else had already left. So he, yeah. was, there by, he was there all by himself. And his car yeah, no, no cell phone to call somebody, right? No. He's hitchhiking. Don Unbelievable. Was hitchhiking. Yeah. I never heard that one. Yeah. <laughs> so the game was 82 minutes and 40 seconds left. Uh, two, Unbelievable. 2.40 was the time. Uh, still the longest game ever played. And Jan Stenerud, to this day, is still upset about... Uh, Missing that field goal. Imagine that. He put he put the blame on himself. He said, uh, we lost the game because of me. He's still upset about it. I looked at the quarterbacks. Uh, I was looking at some of the stats, Mark, and oh, very, very similar stats, Greasy and Dawson, very close. That's right. You know, they're percentage like Greasy had 15 incompletions, but – uh, Dawson only had nine, but the amount of uh, attempts were kind of similar. 35 attempts for Greasy, 26 for Dawson. He was 18 out of 26. Greasy was 20 for 35. But then 263 for the yardage for Greasy and 246 for Dawson. And both had one touchdown and two interceptions. Yeah. Both guys. Uh, Dawson's passer rating was 80. Dawson had a very good game. 
Yeah. I mean, Greasy had a good game too, especially considering he was injured. But he threw the ball 35 times. Yeah, that was a lot back then. Especially for Miami, which was a running – they were a predominantly running team at that time. Yes. So for him to throw the ball 35 times, that that was a lot. Even even though the game went for almost six quarters – that was still a lot for for back then. Yeah, there's some good, uh, some really amazing statistics in this game. Uh, what gets overlooked sometimes, Mark, is you don't hear about Wendell Hayes. Oh, Wendell had 22, 22 rushes for a hundred yards. I looked that up, and I, I, yeah, you never really hear about. You don't really even hear him mentioned. No, you don't. That was a huge game. Twenty-two carries. For 100 yards, yep. Yes. He got overshadowed by Ed Podolak, kind of, I guess. But, I yeah. mean, it was it was still a great, great game. And, uh, I mean, you looked at Greasy's – you looked at the receivers from, from Miami. I mean, Warfield had seven for 140. And the other two guys combined, uh, their other two main guys, Twilly and Fleming, they had a total between the two of them of nine receptions. Right. You know, for about a hundred and uh, for about a nine for about ninety yards, actually, uh, somewhere around there, um, and one TD for Fleming. But uh, Warfield had the had the you know good good chunk of them. Warfield uh, was amazing in that game, as he usually was. He was uh, one of the best receivers to ever play the game, in my opinion. Yeah, and on the other side, their Hall of Famer, the Chiefs, had a Hall of Famer. Otis Taylor only had three catches for twelve they yards. Shut him out. They shut. They shut three for out. twelve. Yeah. But <clears throat> as a result, they couldn't shut down uh, Elmo Wright. No, no, exactly. Elmo Wright had what one hundred and four yards. Imagine that. Uh, Ed Podolak, unbelievable. He had eight receptions for one hundred and ten yards. Yep. He had 17 carries for 85 yards. Yep. Um, two touchdowns. He had two touchdowns. He had 154 yards of kickoff, kickoff return. <laughs> return yardage. 350 all-purpose yards. That was in 1971, and no one's beat it yet. That's no. I wonder what that would get you in the fantasy leagues today. I mean, I play fantasy. You know, when a guy gets upwards of 250 yards, it's astronomical for the points that you get. But this was another 100 yards over that. Unbelievable. And like we say, he was just uh, an average player. He was a good player, but he was nothing. You know, he wasn't a pro bowler or anything like that. Nick Bonacani had 20 tackles in that game. Yeah. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, Landry used to talk about him, you know. Yeah. And, you know, Dwayne Thomas was saying, what's going on with this guy? That's all we hear about, Nick Bonacani, Nick Bonacani, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he was uh, – that they ended up meeting in the Super Bowl that year, the Cowboys and the Dolphins. That's right. And they uh, – that was one of the main things they did was to get – Bonacani off balance. They would try to go one way, and they would cut back against the grain with the running game. Yeah. The Cowboys had a lot of yard. I would they had two hundred and fifty something rushing yards that 
it was a record back then, that but time. something close to that anyways. And Nick Bonacani got tricked the whole the whole day. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they got him out of position, should I say. Yeah, they really had him confused in that game. <clears throat> Misdirection, like you said. Uh, Larry Zonka in this game, they held him pretty good other than that one big run. He had 24 carries for 86 yards. He claims to have lost 18 pounds in that game. Really? He weighed himself after the game, and he couldn't figure out during the game. He said he, he and like his pants were loose. He had to keep pulling up his pants. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> he weighed himself after the game, and he said he lost 18 pounds. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, Kansas City had 213 yards rushing. The total yards, Kansas City had 451 total yards. Miami had 407. Uh, that's unheard of back then. Yeah. Unheard of. That's right. See, today today you'd say that's good. That's pretty impressive. That Back then, unheard of. Yeah. Kansas City had four turnovers. The two interceptions and two fumbles, but they were very costly. The turnovers were very costly. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> very memorable. You know, I'll never forget that game. Uh, like I said, possibly, possibly the best football game I've ever seen. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that, make, that having that kind of lasting impression on somebody because I remember watching the game myself and saying to myself, geez, when – there was a game later on, years later in the 80s, that was going long like that. I think it was the Chargers. Chargers and Dolphins, yeah. It kind of, when I watched that game, it brought me back to that Chief game. Right. When I was watching that game. Yep. Okay, now <clears throat> you're going to uh, take over and you're going to do the 1972 NFC Divisional Playoff. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Hello, football friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Pigskin Dispatch Podcast, and I'd like to invite you to the portal of positive football history, Pigskin Dispatch and pigskindispatch.com. We talk about everything that centers around the game of American football, expert discussions, the origins of the games, the great players, teams, and coaches, and more, and some great guests and insights from experts. We have new episodes three to four times a week, and you can find us on sportshistorynetwork.com, pigskindispatch.com, or your favorite podcast provider. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast. 